0: Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting his kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m., followed by a second service at 1045 a.m. Today's message is Celebrity Pastor, his pastor, Philip Thomas.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to show a video today, and, uh, and it's one that, that uh, kind of makes me a little uncomfortable It's really funny But uh, you always wonder Is it okay to show that in church? And there's a lot of churches That the answer is unequivocally no It's like <laughs> do, do do not show that In fact ones that I have been in This is a comedian We've heard him before But what he does is he'll, he'll take Kind of traditional stereotypes And things like that He grew up in church He's a very strong Christian but, but he, he brings out things That I think we need to be able to laugh at And uh, so we're going to show that I always kind of give that disclaimer Because I know you know I, I want you to understand we, are taking, we take our faith very seriously But we also need to be able to laugh a little bit too And, uh, and to, to set this one up a little bit um, It is football season Football season has started And uh, many people um, have what they call Play fantasy football right? Where you draft A fantasy team uh, For your football Well this video clip is a a draft Of celebrity pastors Alright So there's going to be a lot of names of pastors That are fairly well known If you're into that you'll recognize A lot of their names Um, If you're not you may not But it still brings out some, some funny stuff um, just, spoiler alert my name wasn't up on the list I, I don't, I'm, I'm not a celebrity pastor apparently but, uh, but I think it's pretty funny I hope that you can, uh, can laugh along so let's, let's watch this video
0: celebrity pastor fantasy draft it's super easy the same rules as always no keeper two round PPR league what's PPR again? pastor performance rating. It's like QBR but for pastors. Basically, take the number of their congregation divided by the number of satellite campuses. Take the number of times you see them on TV per week multiplied by the New York Times bestsellers. Divide that number by the number of minutes their sermon goes over each week. Very simple. That's the PPR. I'm going to need a team name from everybody. Andrew, what do you got? I will be the non-denomination domination. Non-denomination domination. Uh, I will be Show me the tithe money. Show me the tithe money. Okay, I like that. I'm going to be first and 10%. Thank you. Trip. what do you got? I will be take a knee. Dude, take a knee? Come on. For the prayer, not the anthem. It's good. (laughs) Blessings to all of you on your picks. We do the first shall be last system here because we're Christian Andrews. Since you lost last year, you got the first pick. Who do you got? I mean, got to go with Osteen. Osteen. Solid pick. Goes number one every year. I like that move. This guy's got books in airports, preaches to a huge congregation every week. Great looking man, beautiful wife. Well done. He's the Tom Brady of pastors. Can't argue with that. Uh, Who's got the second pick? I'm taking Furtick. Steven Furtick. Good move right there. You know, what, highest applause break per sermon of every white pastor in the league. Yeah, he always comes into the season in great shape, too. Like, the season's about to start, but he's already yoked, bro. Just CrossFit twice a day. Okay, I'm next um, with the third pick. I'm taking Jesse Duplantis. Thank you. At three? Big mistake. Uh, yeah, at three, because he's about to raise $54 million for his private jet. Those preaching numbers, those sermons per week are about to skyrocket. Um, are you not going to mention my come from behind W last year? Okay, no one could have predicted that Justin Bieber and Judah Smith walked into Coachella. We can't, you, you're not taking credit for that, okay? Who do you got? I'll, uh, I'll do John Gray. John Gray, solid pick right there. Uh, that's T.D. Jakes. Ugh. Okay, uh, yep, okay. Uh, you got the first pick in the second round. Who you got? I'll take... Beth Moore. Beth Moore. That is a solid pick right there. I like that. You got a minority in the first round. You followed it up with a female in the second round. I like 2018. I respect that. In that Twitter account right now? Fire, dude. You're going to get, like, the whole Methodist lineup right there. That's going to be a solid pick. I'm an ally. Okay, I'm next with a first pick in the second round. I'm taking the best pastor in Atlanta, Georgia. Louis Giglio. Louis Giglio. Yep, knew it. That is just hurtful. Uh, I'm sorry. Has Andy Stanley ever sold out the Georgia Dome? I don't think so. It's true. Yeah, numbers don't lie, dude. Okay, with your second round pick, Trip, who do you got? I'm taking Joseph Prince. Ooh, sleeper pick. Best hair in the draft, hands down. How does he do it week after week? I envy it. Thank you. Andrew, who you got? Well, I don't know how he's still on the board, but I'll take Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley. Oh, didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Solid pick. Huge church always converts in the red zone. Red zone? Ah, uh, Christmas and Easter. You ever been to one of their services in the holidays? They play mistake-free ball. I've tried. But I went to all nine campuses, and I couldn't find a single parking space. Okay, last round is a rapid-fire flex pick. You're going to take your favorite quality from three of your favorite undrafted pastors, combine it into one super pastor. Andrew, who do you got? Yeah, so I'll take Joyce Meyer's TV numbers, uh, Judas Smith's fashion decisions, and Francis Chan's Racial Ambiguity. Ooh, that's going to be hard to compete with. Aaron? I'm going to go with a purpose-driven pick and go with Rick Warren's book sales, Brian Houston's accent, and Tim Tebow's body. Uh, okay, do you see Tim Tebow up here? Tim Tebow is not a pastor. He is to me. I saw him at Cattle last year, and I... It wrecked me. Okay, you know what? I'm going to take uh, T.D. Jake's stage presence. I'm going to go with Tim Keller's theology. And uh, you know what? Oh. I'm going to go with the cell phone contacts of Carl <sighs> Lentz. Selena. Selena. Okay, I'm taking Creflo Dollar's Tide numbers. I'm taking Levi Lusco's stage props. Wait for it. Pope Francis Twitter followers. Ooh. Pope Francis, Twitter, is he, it's Catholic. Do do they count? No, that doesn't count. I can do that. Okay, that's a wrap on the draft. I'll email all your picks on Monday. One thing, when your pastor is on bye week, always start your youth pastor, but expect way less production.
1: (laughs) I I love things like that because it just brings out sometimes the silliness of of a, a lot that happens. But, uh, but I, I really like this because there's no denying that we've kind of created a celebrity pastor culture. Um, and, and I, I want to say off the top, I, there's a lot of great things that all of them do. And that, that's, not, there's, that's not inherently wrong. Right What any of them do, I think there 's a lot, and, and many of those pastors have become celebrities, not by their own doing it 's just kind of been how culture has has basically thrust them into that limelight, so this is not uh, a, an anti celebrity pastor uh, sermon, all right? um, especially you know if I would ever get my name on the board i wouldn 't want to, them to be able to go back in the files and, and uh, hold this against me but uh, <laughs> No. So, but this is, it's, it's interesting that our culture, we, we kind of search for many times, we search for someone to put, uh, be a, a focal point, right? And we, we, like, we like that idea of, of someone that kind of represents maybe what, what we want, but basically they can be the face, they can do all the work, and, and we can just like them right and uh, and that is that is not what what God desired right God did not desire for there to be just a few people who are out there sharing his message right he actually wants all of us to do that we are all equally important in sharing the gospel message to the world around us and the more that we limit that to like celebrity pastors the less effective the message of Christ Is at getting out to the world around us right? And, and uh, Because what happens is we kind of put all this emphasis on these individuals And what we see, shocker and breaking news All of those individuals are just humans right? And so guess what? There's going to be times they make mistakes Sometimes they make really big mistakes Sometimes they just get caught up in the fame of it all so because they 're human, right? And, and if, I, if the problem is, is if we put all this emphasis on them, then anytime something goes wrong, what it ultimately does is it hurts the kingdom of God as a whole and and it 's because we are kind of in a way advocating our responsibility on what God has called all of us to do. and I, I want to go back and I want to look at um, a situation this is not. A new situation There's always kind of been this desire To elevate uh, An individual or elevate a person And to kind of give them power um, We kind of naturally do that Even though we know that that's not always healthy And even though we know that sometimes That, that can come back and be negative Towards us There's still, people want a king Right? And, and that's in a sense kind of what we, we do here And uh, so I want to We're going to be looking in First Samuel chapter 8 and, uh, and getting to this point, just kind of making sure we understand um, what's going on God decided in his, in his plan of the way that he was going to reach the world Is he was going to use a group of people, right? That's how, and that's how he still wants to reach the world Is through the church, which the church is a group of people, right? And so he chose the, the people of Israel, what we consider the people of Israel now. Um, this, this takes place after they've been enslaved in Egypt. They come out. Remember Moses brings them out. Uh, they go uh, with Joshua and they conquer the land. So they are, they are kind of their own nation right now. Um, but they are, they are not ruled by a king They're ruled by judges uh, Samuel is kind of the, the judge, the priest God created a, a different type of political system Basically for them um, it, And, and they, were, they were supposed to be different And they were supposed to be God's messengers to the world right? And, but things happen, life happens It's not always easy And the, the people of Israel are starting to get a little concerned and, and, and so they come to Samuel uh, with a request And so this is in uh, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 8 It says when Samuel grew old he appointed his sons as judges for Israel The name of his firstborn was Joel and the name of his second was Abijah And they served in Beersheba But his sons did not walk in his ways They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah they said to him, you are old. <laughs> what, a, what, a great, what a great start. Right? All right, let's sit down, call the meeting to order. You are old. All right, thank you, and let's keep going. And, and your sons do not walk in your way, so you're old and you're a bad parent. Uh, now, now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. But when they said this, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord told him, Listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so that they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly, and let them know what the king who will reign over them will do. And then verses 10 through uh, through 18, and we're going to pick up in verse 19. Verse 19 talks about what a king does. And a king forces things to be done. Uh, the, the, the individual is looked over for the uh, good of the nation itself and uh, forced to go into the army. All of those things are, are talked about. And then in verse 19, it says, but the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations. ...with a king to lead us and to go out before us and to fight our battles. When Samuel heard all that the people said, he repeated it before the Lord. The Lord answered, listen to them and give them a king. Then Samuel said to the men of Israel, everyone go back to his town. <laughs> Which is kind of a cool way to end. It's like Samuel's like, all right, just get out, go home. This is, this is a pr- pretty pivotal moment in, in the, the life of the people of Israel... Um, but I think it also is a moment that continues to speak to us today. Um, there's this desire that the people have; they want a king, right? They want to look like everyone else. And so I, I was thinking, you know, what is it that's that's kind of behind this? What what pushes them to do this? Because they've seen God in action, right? They've seen God do some amazing things. Here they came from a nomadic. A people group um, That found themselves caught in Slavery and now they actually Have a nation they are Prospering fairly well I mean things are Going okay but there's always Conflicts in, in that culture And in that time there were always Conflicts right I mean there's Conflicts now and But back then of course there were so there were Always conflicts but God Was, was would provide judges to protect Them it was very obvious the Closer that they were to God the, the more in tune with God that they were And so things were worked better for them um, But yet They still were struggling To actually put Their trust fully in God And I think that's what it comes down to The reason that they wanted a king Is because they didn't fully trust God Now it wasn't because That, that they wanted to get rid of God They didn't want to get rid of God Right? They still appreciated God. They still wanted him part of their culture. They weren't, they weren't to the part yet. Now they get there. They weren't just kicking God completely out. But they're like, you know, God, we don't trust you to take care of our everyday life. Right? We, we need a king because a king is supposed to do that. Now, we all know and, and historically we know that traditionally kingdoms don't take, uh, have people's best interests at heart. But I want you to think of the the principle of it. Whenever you are creating a kingship, if you will, there's you know the theoretical part of it actually kind of makes sense, right? You have this one person who is going to provide safety, right? Going to make sure that you're safe, that uh, you're protected. They also care about your prosperity. They want to make sure that you, your, all your basic needs are taken care of they, They're creating a system that gives you opportunities right? And, they, and you give them the power to do this So in theory that makes sense And I'm sure the, um, the people here that were talking to Samuel They were thinking a couple of things One, they were looking at Samuel's sons And they were like, oh these guys, we don't trust them at all And so this is just going to go bad and so they, they were, their fear of Samuel's sons, of having uh, people who were maybe not qualified, was greater than their trust in God to overcome that, right? Could God have overcome bad leadership? Of course he could have, right? But they're seeing it and they're like, oh, no, this isn't going to work. We need something else. I'm sure they're also looking around at other nations, and, uh, and it's always, and we do this too, right? We look at, uh, well, well, look at what's happening in Canada. That's so much better than what's happening here. Or, we're, you know, it's, it's always easy for us to look at other places and think that things are a lot better. And then the reality is, no, they have their challenges just like we do. And so the people are sitting there looking at all these countries around them and who have kings and who have some prosperity. They don't have a problem uh, calling up an army. Right? Israel, they have to work together to get an army whenever they have to fight a conflict and all this kind of stuff. Well, these other countries, they already have a king in place. They, they have all of that taken care of. I'm sure some of these countries are doing well. right? And so Israel says, hey, you know, they have a king. Why don't we? Right? So they're looking out and, and their, their problem is, is, at the heart of it, is they don't trust God. They don't trust that God laid out a system for them that is going to work, right? And the reason that they don't trust him is because they are basing things on their circumstances. And any time that we base how our life is going on our external circumstances, we're going to start questioning whether God knows what he's doing or not, right? Because if we start looking at the challenges that we face, and we say, wait. If God's way is supposed to work, I shouldn't have those challenges. That is, that is an unhealthy way to view it because life is always going to have challenges, right? And I think what they're doing is they're not trusting that God's way is the best way to live through life. And they're like, hey, we want a king. So one of the first things that the, the problem here is that they're not ultimately they're not trusting God. The second one I think is. Um, Is is probably even even bigger They didn't want to do what God was calling them to do See God was designed it That they were supposed to be different than everyone else And they specifically respond to Samuel saying Hey we want a king because we want to be like everyone else And you know what the reality is Is it's easier just to be like everyone else and it doesn't matter what circles that, that, that you're in It changes from time to time But you know, whatever group of friends you found yourself in, in school what was, it, it became easier just to be like that group of friends, right? Whenever you knew that they were doing things that you shouldn't It was really hard to be different Because it's so much easier to be like everyone else And that's what the people of Israel are doing They're like, you know what? We're tired of being different let's just be like everyone else. The problem is, is that God was calling them to be different so that others would see that, hey, God cares about you. God actually wants what's best for you too. But they didn't want that responsibility. And before we get too hard on them most of the time we don't want that responsibility either. We struggle with that. You know, we struggle with these same two things The lack of trust And not wanting responsibility is what led them to want a king They just said, hey, we just want this king to do it all The king will be, we'll trust the king And he'll be responsible for everything You know, if we're not careful, we kind of do the same thing today We struggle sometimes to truly trust God Man, when life starts getting hard do, you really, do we really trust God? You know, sometimes we start saying, man, I, I thought God was supposed to fix all of these problems. Well, no, God didn't ever say that he was just going to fix all your problems. He did promise that he would be with you through them, that he'd give you strength through them. He'd give you wisdom to, to endure. But I think it's easy for us to struggle with trusting God. And it's also really easy for us to kind of just want to be like everyone else. You know, why should we live a different way when it just leads to difficulty? Right? And sometimes it does, no doubt. But you know what? The life that God calls us to lead is different. But it is a life that will lead to things that the world cannot give you it leads to peace it leads to joy it leads to hope those things that we're looking for they're found in living a different life a life com- uh, committed to following Christ and see the ironic thing is is that we sometimes create in our head and the people of Israel they created in their head that they just had a king everything would be good, right? They'd be safe, they'd be powerful, they'd be prosperous. And guess what? There were times where they were safe, power, and prosperous, but overall, they were less safe, they were less powerful, and they were less prosperous. That's the ways of the world, right? It doesn't deliver what it's supposed to. And so the question for us is, are we going to trust God's way for our life? You know, we need to be real careful when we start allowing others to kind of take that mantle and to say, you know what, how about they just be the representative of God in the world around us? I just need to, I just need to make it from one day to the next. No, God, God has called each one of us and we have to start by trusting Him with every, every aspect of our life and then by actually being responsible for sharing his message to the world around us. And all that is, is making sure that you are living your life for Christ in all of your circles and within all the groups that you come in contact with, when your family and with your in, in school, at work, in your social settings, right? Are you living your life the way God wants you to live? It is so easy for us just to kind of let, let the celebrity pastors do it right? No, but He's called all of us. And what's crazy to think about is that we struggle to trust God with that, but God has chosen to trust us with sharing the most powerful message the world has ever heard. God is trusting you and He's trusting me to go out there and live our life in a different way that points people to Him. I don't know why he did that. (laughs) Because guess what? We're not always that trustworthy. But you know what? He gives us the strength to do it. He knows that we have the capacity to live our life in a way that points people to him. So the question for us, are we going to trust God with that? And are we going to respond to his trust in us by living our life for him each and every day? Let's go to him in prayer. Dear God, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be in your presence, to experience your love. And Lord, I just, I pray that we will not be like the people of Israel who decided that they would rather have a king and be like everyone else. Lord, I pray that we will resist that temptation and that we will choose to live our lives differently for you that we will choose to live our life in a way that points people to you. Lord, give us the strength to do that so that we can experience the life that you've created us to live. Lord, we love you and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we ask him. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas, 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.